What, what? How's it going, everyone? And it was sunny, it was rainy, it was misty, it was all the things this weekend, but today was just a beautiful day. Um, and we had a good time yeah. in the garage. So um, we're going to talk about things we did this weekend. Um, but first, I want to get to who is here with us. Hey, everyone, this is Liza. And don't I look peachy today? <laughs> all right. Um, also, in the Zoom room with us, it's Miss Emma. Hello, darlings. Hello. It's lovely Hello. to be here. Hello. And we are in sunny Monterey, California. Nice. Just down the road. Close neighbors. It was a perfect day for protests. Um, also joining us, everyone's favorite ginger, it's Bagel. The revolution will not be televised. Yeah, preach, brother. Preach. <laughs> preach. I can dig it. All right. Wearing his pretty and pink Santa Cruz jersey. It's Naked Jim. Hey, hey, hey. So um try to think of something funny to say, but this country is such a shit show right now, it's kind of hard to. But I listened to some John Lennon. They say I'm a dreamer. I know I'm not the only one. Ooh. And Jack Miller is going to be racing uh, for Ducati in GP next year. So I'm pretty stoked about that. I can back anyone with that last name. <laughs> I'm probably related, you know. All right. Somewhere along the way. And a grinning like the usual idiot he is, it's Knock. Hey, I just wiped a whole bunch of smegma from underneath my armpit. <laughs> Oh, 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 I literally took a bite of pasta with meatball while you said that. <laughs> so the thing is about that, having like that time knocked off my salad. <laughs> want, some, want some Parmesan with that? <laughs> so the thing about having a broken collarbone is uh, you can't lift your arm up. And so, like, you got to get in there when you take a shower and make sure you scrub good. Mm. And, 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 I mean, what is and, your body producing this cottage cheese? I mean, what's <laughs> happening? Oh. It's, uh, I'm a sneaky boy, man. What are you going to say, oh you know? That's it. <laughs> Sharing okay. is caring. Knock when you picked it out that it looked like this. <laughs> I mean, it's just a heads up for anybody who uh, can't get their arms above their shoulders in some kind of future mishap, you know. Just uh, make sure you got your brush ready. Hey, it's Knox's top a- tip. Don't forget to wipe away the smegma. It's <laughs> <laughs> such a horrible word. All right. Such a horrible smegma. word. All right. And joining us for the first time in a while, first time on the Zoom call, it's John Dalton. Hello, baby. We can. Do it. Take the time. Do it right. We can do it, baby. Do it tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. Uh, We've got so much to talk about. A couple of things I wanted to throw out there. Uh, We had a great day in the garage. Um, 
A bunch of us got there early, thanks to John Dalton, Bagel, and Miss Emma, because we turned the garage into a uh, studio and did a little little film shoot for the... Uh, I, I thought... Uh, I thought the garage was a studio posing as a garage. <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah, for our upcoming Misfits and Motorcycles YouTube show with Emma and I. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, hopefully we've got... Uh, every time we go out and do a shoot, I learn the limits or the problems with the cheap gear that I buy, and then I have to upgrade to better gear. And uh, we, we ran into a couple snafus, but hopefully I can save it and use it and get some um, some episodes out there they're good you never learn man dude i do learn and you know and we've talked about this before i do the same with tools you buy cheap and then you replace what you need to i will give you credit <laughs> you did buy legit handguards first i thought they were bang bong but no you bought legit handguards bang bong handguards they, well the last thing you bought say- were those were those risers that snapped off when Bodget crashed your bike? <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> you got to try it, and then you so buy the you better are, ones. You know, I'll give you credit for that. You know, when when it's the difference between twenty dollars and one hundred and twenty dollars, try the twenty. You never know; it's worth it. If it, if it was like ninety dollars and one hundred and twenty, I'll just pay for the good stuff. But um, so yeah, we had a good time doing the doing that film shoot. But you know what was just a. Uh, a shining star moment at the garage and uh Naki missed it this was so brilliant we had kind yeah. of wrapped up uh charlie and jer i think yeah jeremy was there and uh emma and uh bagel and john were you still there yeah i think so. yeah, i was still there mm-hmm. um and this kid walked up out of nowhere so i was like hey uh i have a mini bike and i told you can help like Okay, sure. Hey, kid, come on over. His name is Owen, and he's 14 and a half, as he told us. And he bought a piece of shit little pull start mini bike. <clears throat> you know, these things, I mean, at that age, these things are so much fun. And just to go like ride reckless through the streets and, you know, do whatever, but more so learning how to fix and repair and bodge. You know, a small little motorcycle. The problem with this, no brakes. I call that, it's a medical condition. It's early onset hooliganism. (laughs) (laughs) It It only gets worse. Definitely, bless your little heart. It was a 212cc pull start motor shoved into a vintage uh, mini bike frame with no brakes. Well, didn't we I'll see one of I these last meet, year? Yeah, something like that. When I did meet Owen, he reminded me of what like um, David Lee Roth might have been like at twelve. Wait, he doing Taekwondo? I was impressed with this kid. Weren't you, Emma? I was very much so, and we had to kind of tone it down a bit because I went arrive with his mum. Yeah. And she was looking a little worried. And uh, so first mistake. Owen is just brimming with confidence. And I didn't want to shoot him down and just say this mini bike's never really gonna run in the form it is. But we kind of lit a bit of a fire underneath him and hopefully sent him in a new direction. But 
future biker. I love how you're so oh, gent- gentle with him. And I'm like, all right, kid, I'm going to shoot to you straight. This is a piece of shit. <laughs> this is a death trap what you told mom <laughs> by the way this is a death trap no this thing um the problem so it had a chain on it and the master link they lost but the engine is it sits on a part of the frame with slotted opening so that you could slide it and get it in the right place but they uh. welded it in place and the Ooh. axle was also welded to the frame Okay. So you couldn't adjust it, and there was too much slack, and the chain just keeps coming off. No. <laughs> um, oh, man. And, and the engine was so big, and it sat to the side so you can get the chain aligned on the left side. It stuck mm-hmm. so far out the right side, it was stuck out further than the foot peg. So you couldn't get your foot on the foot peg. So, I mean, so you're saying that they made a Vespa? Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was it was having to tell this kid, um, yeah, this is this is not the project. Here's the thing though, he has a, a job and he raised the money to buy this, spent 150 bucks to learn a lesson. Um, but it's a good lesson cuz what I saw in this kid, and maybe Emma you saw this too. He's a future writer. He reminded oh, yeah. me of me. I was 14 when I got my first mini bike riding reckless through the streets, you know? Um <laughs> And so we took the opportunity, uh, Charlie and Micah were there too, to tell him and his mom, here's what you should do, our best advice. And we pulled out Jim's TTR-125 and let him sit on it. Fit him perfect. He was in love. We're like, raise the money, buy a dirt bike, be it something like this you can get for 1500 bucks, or buy, spend a couple hundred bucks on a 70s, you know, uh, vintage dirt bike. We'll help you fix it up. But you'll learn how to wrench, you'll learn how to ride. And then I turned to mom, I'm like, are you willing to support him and to take him out to Hollister Hills and let him learn to ride in the dirt? She's like, I can read a book. Yeah, when he hopped on that bike, he was jazzed. And it, but, and you're like, he was a smart thinking because he's sitting on this dirt bike and it fit him perfectly. Ted, he was like just addicted immediately. And he goes, mom, shoot, we don't have a truck. But then he's like, but aunt so-and-so or somebody does. So he, already, he already problem solved how to get the bike to Hollister. So, yeah, that kid, he's jazzed. Yeah. Yeah, Doc. Yeah, I mean, it's great that uh, you had him leaving with options, you know. it's Sometimes you can't get the thing you want done that day, but at least you're leaving with options about what's going to happen in the future, which is, like, comforting. He's it's got it all planned out about when he yeah. turns 15 and a half and he can take the test and get his permit and then he's going to get like a ninja and like he's like he's got the plan. I'm like I recognize again this was me. I had how am I going to get on a bike? I just want to ride. I'm like dude, dude I didn't have plans till I was like 27, man. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way uh, I like the way the kids eyes lit up. He goes, "So how old do you have to be to get a license?" And all of us like you don't need a license. And he was like, what? <laughs> Not up for the license. dirt, son. You just need yeah, somebody that, who will like, haul oh. your bike. Um, so I said, hey, you know, start coming here on Sundays. We'll let you ride our mini bike. Maybe we'll take you down uh, on a, you know, down the street on a dirt bike. Um, Micah said, I will give you lessons. He doesn't know how to do a clutch or gears or anything. Um, we took him in and gave him free gear. He got some boots and a leather jacket. Um, so at least he has some safe gear. Um, he reminds me kind of when Jake showed up, Jim. And she was kind of like our, our shop shop mascot for a long time. 
Yeah, it's funny. I'm eyeing this kid up, and I'm thinking the same thing. And I'm like, it won't be long before he's sitting in a chair sanding a gas tank for 15 hours. The stuff you used to make Jake do when she first showed up, sanding gas tanks, taking garbage out. You were she was your little uh, minion. Well, actually, I have a plan for Owen. He doesn't know about yet. Oh, it's not dildo cleaning, is it? No, no. Better than that. Be our intern because if he's our intern, (laughs) we give him a Glock and a Speedo. Better than that. So he has a job, and unfortunately, he works on Sundays. But he says he can come for like the last hour of the day and hang out with us. Hmm. But my what I'm going to pitch is he gets takes the day off and doesn't work, and we arrange to do bike washes. He can raise more money. So we're telling him to skip work already. No, I'm telling him he can come make more money with us. Like, like you know, once like a month or something. Schedule. Once a month. Yeah, oh, change okay. the, once a month, come over. I'll line up some bikes for you to clean. You can make a couple hundred bucks. I mean, John Dalton, you've done that. You yeah, can, it didn't can, go over well. Well, that's, you were wearing. Well, yeah, because you guys had me in underwear, and it was very you're, saggy. You were saggy underwear. Oh, yeah. yeah that, and it wasn't, it wasn't was working. Good. No. Yeah, but I feel a 14-year-old will have much tighter underwear, so we should be good. Oh, my goodness. Um, let's not go there. (laughs) (laughs) So what are we going to talk about today? Um, well, let's get an update from knock knock. How you feeling? Uh, A lot better. I mean, I was off the hydrocodones, like maybe two or three days into it. Cause like my feet were swelling up like a diabetic for some fucking reason. Ooh, yeah. Weird man. So gradually getting a rash. Like this is not good. Like, so I just kind of, yeah, without the pain, and I'm I'm a lot better now. I'm mean, a little bit more mobile. You know, my shoulder still hurts. Yeah, yeah. just drop those off at the garage. You know, just get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> so how's your toe? Toe's good. I guess it wasn't as bad of a break as I thought it was, or at least it broke a certain way to where it's, you know. Are you you under underestimated how big of a baby you are? Yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah toes hurt man toes hurt i'm with when you you're grape crushing hurts, when man. you're grape crushing it's not a fun time <laughs> 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 it's so bad <laughs> oh. well i did offer and if you need the scooter because i realized yeah uh, you only need your right hand on that thing I think so. I think part of the problem with that is I still like, I like to turn my shoulders when I look, not just my head mm-hmm. and that, you know, and the ribs. Yeah. Yeah. And you, you really do need to use both arms, even if you don't yeah. have to use a clutch. So it's like, it's, it's the arm motion that kills you. It's not the hand motion. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. if you need to make like a, a food run or something, you're welcome. Oh, to thank it. you. <clears throat> yeah. People have been super cool. Shout out to Kat and Lynn and, and Charlie and you guys and, and fucking, you know, the whole crew. Very, Aww. very awesome. Doug, you know. Cool. Um, yeah, grabbing groceries and stuff. So that's been pretty cool. So you have an update for us on your gear? Yeah, very quickly. I just wanted to uh, do a real quick gear autopsy. You know, I was going to just a quick rundown of, of the stuff that I was wearing mm-hmm. when I crashed and what worked and what didn't. Um, yeah, give me a second here. Because um, while you're bringing that up, I found out today that um, Jeremy had a bad crash apparently he nailed a car head on and oh shit yeah he was telling me about it. he flew was on over the car but yeah was wearing all the gear and was fine yeah he was on uh 236 which is you know it's a single lane super twisty like motard style road on his super hawk 
and everybody kind of crowds the middle lane there the, yeah. the center of the road and he was in the center and the car was a little bit in the center and they were both not in the center at one point <laughs> so <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah so he, the same space he bent the front end in but again i know people some people hate it when we preach about gear but whenever we get a report that we can say hey and they walked away and are fine yeah yeah it's we want to make sure people know that so not have you ever noticed oh i'm sorry have you ever noticed with the misfits is when we crash we kind of crash on mass and there's yeah. like five or six accident reports, and then there's nothing for a couple of years. Yeah, I know. It's, it's like I'm it's the pollen. Right I blame now. the pollen. <laughs> so what, what's the rundown, Knock? So the rundown from head to toe, uh, helmet. Uh, the helmet that I'm running is the Bell MX-9 with the MIPS protection system. Mm-hmm. One of these. And this thing is fucking awesome. Like, it... There's hardly any damage. I mean, sure, the visor pin that holds the uh, the visor and the the, the uh, cowl broke off, but I hit the side of this thing really fucking hard, and my neck was not sore at all. Like, right, this thing kind of twisted and rotated the way it was supposed to, or the way it was engineered. And um, I think initially nice. I said like I couldn't really see what happened is because the thing twisted around, but my head was like in a regular spot, and it kind of pushed my glasses out of the way. But this thing held out like a damn champ. Um, I'm getting rid of this one. I'm just going to get a new one. And they're not expensive. They're like 250 bucks online. Uh, wow. Like Godzilla. And, and they come in different colorways and all that stuff. Yeah. And, and, I, my, think, and I think, Nock, the, yeah. the fact that helmet has had a hard impact. And the fact yeah. that you're still talking in coherent sentences speaks a lot about the strength of the helmet. Well, as, right. much, exactly. as, he, as much as he did before the accident. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I was going to say, too, that the um, you, you didn't have a concussion or anything, right? No. I was yeah, just like, I got the. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah. Yeah. I just got the wind knocked out of me. And uh, like I said, uh, my glasses like shifted out of place. Uh, yeah, that, that MIP system. Yeah, that's right. That MIP system really does a great job because I, I was remember reading rap about that when it first came out, and uh, yeah, that's that's really great to hear. Yeah, and it's like you're not paying you know a super premium for it either. It's like it, it yeah. seems like it's like a standard thing that you just get in helmet in helmets these days, you know. Uh, yeah. But moving moving down is uh, my knee pads. These are the Liats, and. Uh, I've actually gone down in these knee pads a whole bunch of times. And this thing has taken like five or six hits and all of them, uh, almost all of them are, are, are uh, on pavement and they still flex, they still work pretty good. I bought these like four years ago. They still fit me. They're, Wait, you, you wear, know. are you wearing those under your jeans? Yeah. I just thought you had really thick legs. <laughs> <laughs> No, but we can say that, though. You know, I'm okay with that. I got tree trunk soccer legs like rugby players, you know? (laughs) I have a question, Doc, because you spend a lot of time on the bike. Do you wear anything underneath those? Say that again? Do you wear anything underneath your knee guards, like uh, compression Uh, pants or any of that kind of shit? Depends on the weather. Um, If it's going to be sweaty, I usually wear a wicking layer. If it's going to be too cold, I wear a thermal layer. I like to, to keep something in between my, my skin and the actual uh, yeah. pads just for, you know, so it's not, doesn't get so funky. It's easier to wash. Right. So do those, do those things bind it all behind your knees or any of that kind of no. stuff? No, like they're like any kind of gear, they have to break in a little bit and they're right. a little stiff when they're new, but they're like, 
I, I could have them on for hours and it's not a problem. Yeah, and it's not like individual straps across the back of your thigh. Uh, there are three straps, and they've got, like, memory retention kind of, like, strap settings. So you just strap it on and, you know, eh. The jacket that I was wearing was actually, like, I think Modi or John donated it to mm-hmm. the garage. And, like, I don't think I was caught without a jacket, and, like, you just gave this thing to me. And, like... It's a summer jacket. It's an Alpine Stars, but they had to cut this thing off of me. And this is like the damage that occurred was just mm-hmm. the shoulder. Slight abrasion. I mean, aside from that, I mean, that's really the only thing uh, that got damaged. Um, one more point about my broken toe and the boot. Yeah. Because <clears throat> you were wearing your, your street boots, not your dirt boots. Because you often wear your dirt boots even though you're riding on the street just because right. they're so much bigger thicker uh protection yeah uh sorry i had my boot here yeah 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 anyways i'll just use my right ones it's there's actually no damage on my actual boot either but this is like a sport bike boot. this is the uh yeah. alpine stars mx plus the thing is with sport bike boots is their soles are thin so you can feel the shifter and like your foot mm. in the bike and the top of the shoe or the boot is also thin. So, you know, you could feel upshifts and stuff. And the problem with that is like you sacrifice feel for like flexibility. You know what I mean? This thing mm-hmm. is bending like a motherfucker, but um, yeah. It's there to protect it, your ankles really. Yeah, exactly. From high size yeah. or whatever else, I guess. So. so, so it doesn't really offer crush protection, just yeah, some armor. Yeah. Yeah, all told, all that gear is probably less than five hundred dollars, man. You know, so but I mean, like five hundred bucks, and I'll take it. I had zero abrasion damage. It was all just like my fat one eighty five slapping the ground very robustly. You know, so awesome. yeah. yeah. Well, that's five hundred bucks well spent. Thank you for yeah, the yeah. So. Thank you for the report. We actually get to now carry this this theme on. To someone else who has crashed a couple times recently, John Dalton. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! Uh, Yeah, there's a reason you're here. So let me uh, build this up. So last weekend, uh, Jim and I talked about going on that epic ride where it was a little bit of dirt and 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 back roads, and it was really great. And there's this amazing road we've discovered that's down south, uh, just about an hour from here, a little less, um, that goes up over a mountain, and it's a dirt, a maintained dirt road. I think it's an access road, a fire road, something like that. It's beautiful. Half of it is twisties alongside the cliff's edge and the rest of it is pastures with cows and turkeys and squirrels squirrels and birds it's just beautiful yeah um and we sent uh john down there because he got a new to him you want to say what bike you got yeah i gotta keep it on the dl though <laughs> Huh? Anyway, it's a DL. <laughs> it's a DL six fifty um, V Strom, a two thousand nine, and um, yeah. So I was just pretty stoked to be able to try dirt, and then yeah, I asked Liza, John, "Hey, John, John, can you hear I'm me? Gonna, yeah, yes, I'm going to stop you there, darling. What it's happened? Not, it's not a V Strom. It's a Wee Strom. That's <laughs> a Wee Strom." It's hey, a, just a weestrom. It's just a weestrom. Hey, John, pull the, pull the yeah. microphone away a little bit. You got a hot mic. 
Okay, hot mic. Yeah, that's good. Like a hot- so, no dirt experience, but he wanted to get into adventure riding, and I thought that this dirt road, uh, which isn't gnarly or anything, I mean, it's, most it's twisting or dealing with some hills, but I thought that would be a great, beautiful, scenic ride. So I sent him down there. How did it go for you? Okay, so I got about oh, a little... Now, now you can move the mic closer. <laughs> got oh, okay. Quiet. Yeah. So, yeah, I've got, uh, I have got got up a few twisties, and then I went around this corner, and then scrubbed out, and then I tra- kept trying to lift my bike like I saw <laughs> in the videos, but the bike fell the wrong way. So, anyway, so I'm sitting there forever trying to lift it up, lift it up, and then I was out there for about an hour until this guy came by and then helped me pick it up and i want to i want to paint a picture because uh jim you've been up there the fact that somebody came by within an hour you got lucky <laughs> right because this is like the remote going over a mountain mm-hmm. ain't nobody up there dirt road right so john did you uh did you have any water with you i did yeah i had a, a camelback yeah. and i had a big old uh yeah now because you get thirsty real fast when you start dropping motorcycles up there Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Trying to lift them up. Yeah. And I was, yeah, I was done. I mean, so yeah, you told me that story. Um, I was deflated. Yeah. And I, I thought, you know what? He needs to have some, some basic skills, dirt skills. So I offered to take him out, um, in the dirt and we borrowed, uh, Jim's TTR 125. Thank you, Jim. And yeah, so. I took my, um, my CRF 250 and we headed out to go to Hollister Hills where we always go dirt biking and we got there and it was full, not just full. The Rangers are saying full up, come back in a few hours. See ya. I think too, that they have restricted um, parking. I think they're trying to avoid congestion there. So it's, I mean, it wasn't as full as I've seen it, but to them it was full. So, so social distancing, they were doing social distancing guidelines in the parking lot, you would think, or something like that? Or? Yeah, maybe something. I'm not sure. They were. I think they probably turned us away because they didn't want too many people in the parking lot, too. Yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of hanging out and tailgating. <laughs> yeah. So I figured, well, we're about half hour away from Gloria Road where he crashed. I said, let's head down there. So we took the trailer and bikes down there and um uh this is down near pinnacles uh state park it's really beautiful and we pull over to the side of the road unload the bikes and I'm like, i gave him all the basics how to lean how to grip with your knees loose with your arms all the things and we take off riding at this point it's mostly flat with slight turns this is the pasture land yeah we started from the east i originally started from the west yeah so how did how did that feel at first as you took off at first i was terrified as hell because (laughs) i was going back you know and uh you know just the feeling of slipping and i'm rode rode street most of the time but that feeling of slipping and then falling down and Mm -hmm. then like you know my body aching this two or three days you know it was uh i gotta say it was pretty terrifying but you know i trust liza and uh so anyway i know bad idea i did it anyway (laughs) there's there's your mistake right there yeah um but anyhow so yeah we started out and then i think um yeah you, you you i think liza held the uh the bike stationary showed me something you know going in the front you know sitting up front mm-hmm. whenever you're going uphill and then going in the back when you're going downhill and um yeah so we started up um and luckily since it's from the east side 
there's a lot more flat areas. And so as we were going up, you know, she, we, she would stop, say, try this technique. And so I try it. And I think now, was it that first run from the east to the west where you taught me how to how to push through a slide? Yeah. So that's when I saw the change in you. I said, now <clears throat> we're started getting on the downhill. I said, I want you to start going and then slam on the rear brake and come to a sliding stop. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is frightening. Um, and he's like, oh, just coast? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> give a gas and then just slam on the brake and see what happens. And he was doing that just over and over and over. And you, and you learn that you can steer while your back wheel is skidding. You can steer through it. Not only that, if you get better at it, you can control where the bike is moving. Yeah, and, and this is on the 125. And that's when I saw the difference in you. When you started like, I think less like clenching and more like relaxed and having fun. Because you realize, oh, this is kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. Almost almost like skiing in a way. Yeah. Yeah. And we got we got all the way down through all the twisties uh, to the complete to the other side to pavement, turn around and come up and coming back up. I said, now here is where it gets really fun when you're halfway into the turn because you're going uphill. Give it the goose and not just give it the goose. You want to pull in the clutch, throttle up, let out the clutch and get the rear wheel to cut loose and power out of these turns. And it's fun. It's so yeah, much fun. It was fun. a blast. I got to tell you, just doing that 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 butt that butt sway, whoop, <laughs> whoop, and then, like, and then you're steady, and you're like, oh, I wish I had somebody filming that for me. You know, it was really cool. Yeah, everyone here gets it when you learn that you can like cut it the cut it loose and and still trust it. Yeah. And we went up, uh, and by the time we got up to the other end, he was like. This is so much fun. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And he had let out a yell when we went past the turn where he had crashed and then ended up going back. And, you know, I, I can attest to that because when you get the technique and for me, it was at the Honda training Mm -hmm. course down in Los Angeles Mm. and you struggle against it because you like me, John, were raised on street riding. Right. And dirt riding is so different. And the weight distribution on your bike is so different, but suddenly it clicks. And it really is a, a you know, a Yahoo moment. It's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. It's, like, it's intuitive and counterintuitive at the same time, but you just somehow make your brain, mix it work. Like it's fun, you know? Right. Yeah. I kept having to repeat myself, you know, like lean the bike, lean the bike, lean, you know, the corner would come up and lean the bike, lean the bike. And like, smart, yeah. yeah. yeah it's, it's good to have an internal monologue when you do that to a certain degree. And after a while, you, it just comes naturally, you know? Yeah. 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 For anyone who hasn't ridden dirt and hasn't been interested in it, just know I only do it to become a better street rider you have to yeah. go against all of your instincts and training and street riding because everything is the opposite like just the fact that if you're getting into trouble things are getting squirrely you give it the you gas it. you go you gotta go that goes against instincts so you have to retrain yourself once you've done that you have a whole new set of tools that you can use on the street especially when you don't have good traction mm-hmm so, uh, John, 
Yeah. Are you converted? Are you are you stoked about going back to that road? Okay, so Michael McCarthy and I uh, were going to go down there, and then I was thinking, you know what? I got on the 250, mm-hmm. and then um, did we finish the story about the, tri- the, the trip back? No, I didn't. I didn't. I left out the part where you got lost. <laughs> lost. Yeah. Um, I just put air quotes for the podcast. People. On Glor- How did you get lost on Gloria Road? Is one road. <laughs> no. Well, I'll, I'll just I, tell you. I got so, lost in balance. So we got so back. I was feeling confident. Yeah. Yeah. I was feeling confident. And then I was like, she's like, yeah, go ahead. And then, uh, you know, it, I'll meet you at the bottom. So we went back and, and because the Jeep was on the east side of the mountain and I, w- I wanted to leave to the west, I loaded up the TTR, let him ride the CRF. And I was driving out on the Jeep. And I said, you know what? You go ahead. You can even go all the way down to the bottom and then back up and then back down again. And that's probably about when I'll come along because I have to go really slow. So go ahead. And then, John, what happened? Okay, so I'm going up there, and I'm like, ooh, I got this. This is awesome. Oh, yeah, I can totally <laughs> do this now. And then, you know, I'm slowing down, and then I see this curve, and then, you know, this, this, this sharp, sharp turn. And I'm like, you know what? Okay, give it the beans or, you know, go for it. And then, and then I, I went for it. And then it slid out underneath me, and then it, <laughs> it of course, also uh, fell in the wrong place and on the wrong side for me to pick it up. <laughs> so, anyway, so I'm sitting out there for a while waiting for Liza to come back. So, I, I, I took another another dive. Um, but it was Liza's bike, and the last thing she said, don't hurt my baby. And I'm like, oh, God, Liza's going to kill me. So, I didn't want to move it around, you know, and then keep scratching stuff. So, I just kind of like, I, I started moving you know, parts of the bike. And then I was like, you know, I think it might end up scratching it or looking at stuff down here. But, you know, eventually Liza comes along and then uh, helped, helped me. Well, actually, at first she was like, all right, you're going to lift it from here. Go for it. Okay, pull the front <laughs> wheel. Just sitting in the driver's just, seat. All right, here you just go. drag it out of there. It was a half in a ditch. So the problem right. is, and, and here's the lesson that he learned, it was an off-camber turn. So when he blipped the throttle, he slid off camber off the road into a little ditch. That's what happened. You got to be on level or cambered, which, um, let's see, how do you describe camber? So cambered meaning that the, the lean angle is going with you into the turn, not against you. Gotcha. Just like uh, highways are already like that. They're kind of like, like a track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It kind yep. of leans up and it's diagonal. But to yep. answer your question, am I converted? Um, and I was going to say, Michael McCarthy and I were planning on going down to Gloria Road, but last minute, uh, you know, Liza and I went. And then I, I, I just talked to him right now. I'm like, dude, I've fell like twice within the last week, man. You're going <laughs> to do something mellow, <laughs> and, and you know, and uh, yeah, he's so he's down. So we're going to do some pavement twisties and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But we might go a little bit off the dirt. Uh, but I d- it's definitely one of those things where I want to keep practicing that and keep getting that feel, you know, yeah. Yeah. And, 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 you know, but I've also learned from my first experience to have somebody there, you know, just not, mm-hmm. especially if I'm learning a new skill when it comes to writing, you know, if I can have a buddy there to help me pick it up or to show me what I'm doing wrong, I'm going to do that. You know, if I have the possibility and I know a lot of people, so I might as well, you know, yeah. so Why after take all after i helped him get back on the bike and then i said go ahead and i said in fact we're going into this next town i'm gonna go get tacos why don't you meet me there right (laughs) so um 
Yes, and I and I get to the taqueria and he's not there. I'm like, well, that's weird. So I uh, I realized he took it all the wrong turn. So John, I want to ask you, what was scarier, um, crashing in that dirt, or realizing you are now on the freeway on ramp on a 250 dirt bike with aired down tires? Which was scarier? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm a fan of the garage, and I got to say the wrath of Liza on her new bike is more scarier than death. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go the former. <laughs> but no, it was it was a little sketch, you know, because I, you know, when the, when the when the tires are deflated, and this, especially just knobbies anyway, they make that sound <laughs> and then i'm going on the freeway and i'm like gunning it i'm like oh shit they're at like 18 i really need to slow down <laughs> and so uh yeah so the freeway was scary so i just ended up slowing down but yeah definitely not not as scary the the, the i guess it would be the third time that i've been on that road um yeah the, the freeway was scarier well john i want to say point. good job i'm glad that you you know you, you came out there and you you listen and that was the most important thing you listen you take instruction and then you applied it and i hope that that turned it around the next thing is to try and apply that on your big bike on your Weestrom, and see if you can right. apply that there as i told you knock has done that road with me and we were on our street bikes in fact he was on his sport bike right and, and riding that so yeah. it is possible <laughs> to transfer that skill to a street bike Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just you gotta. It just happens slower on a on a bigger, heavier bike, and uh, your traction levels are greatly compromised. Yeah, see, that's why that's why I was like, you know, let's do something else, uh, Michael. Because yeah, I mean, if that's compromised, and I and I went from the 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 TTR to the 250, and then from to, but to go from a 250 to my Weestrom, I don't know. I don't want to push that yet, and right. that's the lesson I learned. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so yeah, congratulations on that. Hey, um, hey guys, I want to take a second and I want to give away something free. Dun, 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 Guess what time it is? Don't say we never give you free shit. That's right. <laughs> so this is the final stunt cycle we're giving away i'm Whoa. keeping two for myself one that we burnt to a crisp and one that's going to stay in the box <laughs> so cool. uh sis we gave away six of these guys so nice. for, for those who have been following um we've been asking a trivia question evil can evil trivia question each week and people submit the answers to us and we pick a winner from that and send them a an evil can evil stunt cycle toy to play with um so we had a question i tried to make this one harder Man, people are so good at this now. So the question uh, this week was Debbie Lawler, also known as the female Evil Knievel, broke Evil's indoor jump record in 1974 when she jumped, I think it was 16 cars. 16 cars. And Evil Knievel was interviewed on Wide World of Sports as to what he thought about her breaking his record. So the question we posted was, what was his reply to that interview and the answer was emma the answer was i can spit further than she can jump i can spit farther than that He's such a douche. He was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he broke who's the winner we haven't drawn yet. Oh. Oh, we had 
18 entries this time. Wow. And once again, instead of of numbering them, I've assigned fruits. And um, let's go with, let's see. Let's go with with John Dalton. John, you're going to pick tonight's winner. Um, All I need you to do is pick a fruit. I've got 18 fruits written down here. Watermelon. (gasps) There is watermelon here. Watermelon. Our winner is Samuel Broman. Congratulations. Hey, bro. Bro. Yeah, Samuel Broman. Right man. Right on, bro. Nice. Dude, make, a, make video. Make a film with him. Yeah, Let I know. his ass on fire. I know. Very cool. Well done, Samuel. <laughs> um, I, where is he? I don't know. Oh. I just wrote his name down. So congratulations, Samuel. So, hey, that is our last stunt cycle. It's, uh, you know, I recommend if you don't have one and you want one, go to, uh, I think it's, well, cacreations.com. You can get it. Also, I think, uh, isn't it evilcanevaltoys.com? Yeah, I think if you just do a Google search on the Evil Knievel stunt cycle toy, the the California Creations website will come up. Yeah, creations.com. Get one. They are fun. They are way how you, fun. How many do we give away? Six. Dude, that's righteous. Yep, yep. Best exactly. podcast ever. That's what my well-spent Patreon money. So thank you to our <laughs> Patreon subscribers for giving me the money to buy all these. Um, you but- see, we are the modern-day Robin Hoods. <laughs> See, we get we we get Patreon money, yeah, and we spend it on distributing gifts to the needy. I always thought that? I always I always thought Nock was more like Tupac. <laughs> <laughs> Get him up. He loves his mom. <laughs> Um, and I wanted to give another thanks to all of the listeners who responded to my request last week. Um, I said that I was in the market to buy a KZ 400 and I had a bunch of people sending me links from all over. Uh, some of them were, um, like good running bikes, but they had been modified. Like maybe they had the fenders cut down, kind of cafeed. Um, some others were cool, but they were the kind of the sport style with a sport um, cow, rear cowl that wasn't the one I had I was trying to find the one but um, I did find the one thanks to a listener who sent it to me um, and I bought it it's in Georgia <laughs> mm, nice <laughs> it's a 1975 KZ 400 uh, hasn't run in a while but um, everything's there the engine turns and it's it's all uh, yeah everything's there it's pretty much stock except it comes with a sissy bar and one of those two-tier seats from the 70s. I don't you know. You've got to keep the seat. Keep the seat. That thing is awesome. No, I want to go flat seat. <laughs> it's like a seat. sex pillow thing. <laughs> Crazy. Well, I know, I know you can get the OEM cover for it quite inexpensively. Probably 25 bucks, and you're going to get oh, yeah. a knockoff OEM cover. And then we can just uh-huh. cut down the foam to suit. Oh, cut down the foam? Okay. I guess I could, yeah. Yeah, that's the easiest way. Yeah, it's not a bad idea. So, um, and I have, I happen to, the the owner of the bike. Here's where, uh, here's where everything just kind of aligned, right? Uh, really nice guy. And I said, hey, um, I'm interested in buying it, but uh, I'm in California and I got to get it out here. And he says, well, hey, I got a shipper. Why don't you call him? So it turns out that the guy I'm buying the bike from is having a bike delivered to him right now. And then that mm. shipper is turning around and going to California. 
Hey. So he, he quoted me 600 bucks, which Not is bad. about a 400 less. Every other quote I was getting was eight to a thousand. Yeah. Um, so this guy's like, yeah, I'll just throw it on there. Not a big deal. So I figured it was all kind of aligned, you know? Yeah, it sounds like so it's a providence. It's, you were meant to have it. Yeah, it's green. But, um, and Nock, I want to get your help on this. I want to make it sure. the, the recycle special. I'd like to maybe paint the bike or at least get some sort of badger logo, like a recycle thing on it. Because, as sure. I said last week, you can trace the origins of the recycle garage to that KZ400 that I had when somebody helped me and taught me how to fix it up and keep it running. And I, that meant so much to me and it enabled me uh, when I was broke and poor to have transportation. So that's part of why I started the Recycle Garage. So anyway, that's coming. Um, that should be here in a couple of weeks. I'm excited. Well, oh, you know, that works out, doesn't it? Yeah, and I know, I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so, oh, I have a question. This is something uh, I was talking with Emma as we were shooting the shit today, and I just wanted to post this out to you guys, see if you know. Um, so the Africa Twin, it is the largest bike I've ever encountered. And when I have to move that thing in and out of the garage where I have to push it, I now become aware when people are intimidated by big bikes, right? Mm-hmm. It is a big bike. And I actually asked Emma, I said, is it the is it the biggest bike, biggest production bike that you've ever seen? Because it's the the tallest one I've ever seen. Hmm. I mean, it's, it's getting there. The I mean, wait, exa- well, that's the whole thing. I mean, the obvious one that you descend to is the Boss Haas, which has got a right. small block yeah. Chevy, in big it. engine, but but it's a big engine. Lower to the ground, but the lower to the ground. The Africa right. Twin is very very tall. It's very very wide. And Honda quite deliberately made it just an inch here and an inch there bigger than a Super 10, which is its closest competitor. And I want to qualify um, because mine is the Adventure Sport. So it is taller suspension, taller seat, taller risers, and wider tank than Jim's Africa Twin. So we are talking about the Africa Twin Adventure Sport here. Because actually the, 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 the standard looks a lot a lot smaller right yeah yeah it rides different it feels like it rides differently too it probably is, I mean, on, on mine i had i had the standard i put two inch bar risers on it you know in the corbin seat mm-hmm. so i i definitely made mine a little bit taller so yeah i, but I, that, I, I mean they are is taller but we were talking about these physically big bikes and you know they were contenders i mean obviously so we've talked about the super tenere which is a giant frigging thing and the africa twin um, if you go back into classic classic bikes, the Munch, the Munch Mammoth. Ah, yes. Yeah. Huge. Mammoth. The Mammoth <laughs> by Friedel. Munch. Yeah. Oh, right. Um, that sounds familiar. And that had um, a 1,200cc car engine in it. It had an MSU yeah. engine. Yep. Um, very physically <laughs> large bike and deliberately so. But if you go back even further to um, – the 1920s and 30s to Eastern Europe, they had the Bomberland. And the Bomberland, they built a couple of them that seated three. You could actually <laughs> see three people. These were huge bikes. 
very, very long bikes. I have a model of the Munch here in the room somewhere. I well, that's quite a sporty. That's a sporty looking Munch. That's a newer Munch. Okay. You need to look at the old one. Do like yeah. a nine. Wait, how do you spell it? There Bottle. you go. Yeah. Yes, it's um. Let me think. It's M U N C H, like Munch, and then M-A-M-M-E-T. Okay. And the other one is B O with the umlaut H M E R L A N D. Dude, the Boomerland looks like a bike Ronald McDonald would ride. It's yellow and red, and it's long. And it looks it's, like it shoots holy crap. out of its ass. Now, it, I will actually add, it looks like it should be riding around Willy Wonka's chocolate factory. <laughs> you know, like a gazillion umpa lumpas on it. It's the fucking wheels that do it, man. Like, it's wild as shit. Now, that is a huge... Can you yeah. hold that to the camera? Yeah, what are you looking at? Me? The bomber. Yeah. Oh, uh, it's, uh, I'm just like calling it up on Google image search. It? So. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Ba- yeah. What's it called? The Bomberland. B-O-H-M-E-R-L-A-N-D. Uh, I'm look- not- yeah, I'm looking at the 37350 right now, and it looks exactly like Emma described. <laughs> you expect it to My be God. Oh, Oh, yeah. it to be riding down a river <laughs> of chocolate. <laughs> Here we go. I'll hold it up for the. It looks like it's definitely yeah. powered by diabetes for sure. Diabetes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there, there you go. The That's comments. it for the wow. yeah for the YouTubers. Yeah. <laughs> wow. My goodness. Yeah. So so I I actually got some um I got some some figures to share cuz I was wondering is it the biggest thing? So let's compare it to a couple of bikes, right? The similar bikes, the Triumph Tiger. And when I give these numbers, I went with the the higher numbers posted assuming that yeah. was for an adventure type bike uh, or if they have a different version. So the Triumph Tiger came in with a seat height of 33.7 and 570 pounds. But wait, which Tiger? The 800? The Triumph Tiger. No, the 1200. Oh, the okay, yeah, yeah. Um, next up was the Super Tenere right. with a seat height of 34.3. Oh, that's getting up and there. And 575 yeah. pounds. Right. That, that's bigger than Andre the Giant. And then, <laughs> yeah. and then you have the the GS yeah. <laughs> the GS 1200. A seat height of 35.8 and 580 pounds. That's big. But, you know, those GSs, they carry their weight so low. They do. This is is how the Jocelyn Snows of this world can ride such a Mm -hmm. huge bike, Uh. aside from mad skills. And that was the... the way they carry their weight. That was the GSA. Right. Um. So the Africa Twin comes in. So that was the GSA was 35.8 and 5.80. The Africa Twin Adventure comes in at 36.2 for the seat height. Wow. Right. 555 pounds. Okay. So that is uh, 25 pounds lighter than the the GSA. Yeah, but it carries its weight higher. Yeah. And Mm. John, that is what caught you out. Because your DL650 carries its weight quite a bit higher. 
And yeah. you're used to tooling around on a BMW, which mm -hmm. carries its weight very low. And we yeah. talked about yeah. this briefly, and mm -hmm. I think that's mm -hmm. really what caused you to come a cropper. Oh, yeah. I'm used to it's, flicking it's and that. throttling, and it's fine. You know? <laughs> but just, yeah. Yeah. And you've yeah. got all that high weight, especially uh -huh. if you've got a couple of gallons in the tank slopping around. Yeah. And it just it dragged you down. It dragged you down. And it's not a bad thing, but it's going to be a new technique for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you went from a like a pendulum to a reverse pendulum, you know, all right. the way to the top. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, I, I I would like to know if anyone else knows of a bike that is just a just bigger in stature, not just heavier, not just, you know, wider, but overall big. And it feels heavy, but not when I'm riding. Once I'm riding, feels great i mean i can take that africa twin out on that same road we did and i can cut the rear wheel loose and slide it around i feel totally comfortable it feels like a dirt bike it's yeah. tall well, but not as the heavy. other thing is, yeah the other thing that comes into being heavy because i think a lot of the modern bikes and emma knows better than anybody once you get them up and going they ride fairly well but the other thing is john realized every now and then you got to pick the damn thing up so yeah. <laughs> that, i'm telling you even even the uh the honda cr the, the crfl you know that bike is not a light bike it's 300 and something pounds but it's still a bitch to pick up so that's the other part of, of big bikes is they're great when they're up but then you got to figure out how to pick them up now i yeah. stand i stand to be corrected on this um and I, I'm never sure whether it was fact or it was just hearsay we used to talk about as young bikers in England. But I was always led to believe that in Japan, when you took your motorcycle test, you took it on the bike you intended to ride. And part mm. of the test was to actually pick your own bike Mm. And I do stand to be corrected on that because yeah, that might just be one of those legend things. But I'm sure amongst all our listeners, somebody knows the answer to this. Or that may be the case in... in I wonder if that's how it was in the beginning when they have a, lo a lot of lower, uh, <clears throat> lighter bikes. Because I, I, I don't know. I remember well, in the know, Philippines, there was a lot... Like, there's a 125s and, you know, just really small bikes. Um, and those are, you know... They're heavy, but you can pick them up. Does, has anybody heard of the shame light on Japanese domestic bikes? Mm. Oh, it's no, that sounds this like is, a naughty place. This is a great <laughs> story. So back in the seventies, so we're not going back that far. Ooh, mini hole. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> the only crash helmets you could wear in uh, Japan were white. And on every single bike, every single bike sold. There was a big red light on the dashboard right above the neutral light. And if you went above 55 miles an hour, the oh, light man. would illuminate. <laughs> and it would illuminate red on the front of your white helmet. <laughs> so anyone could see you were speeding. That's and it was called wow. a shame light. The Japanese are awesome at public shaming. Apparently. Well, you know, knowing the culture as well as I do, having done all this factory training, there is no more effective tool because yeah. public shaming is so awful to to a traditional Japanese person. Yeah, that wouldn't yeah. work here. You'd get red light clubs and well, yeah. I, I vividly red light for life. <laughs> I vividly remember our local pub 
installed a breathalyzer. And the idea being was, <laughs> no, the idea being, so on Friday night, you could, you've had a couple of beers and you go over to the breathalyzer and breathe in it and get your reading and make sure right. you're okay to ride home. But sure. what actually happened is it became a competition <laughs> to get the highest yes. Oh, no. Yes. And so you'd have people carried over to the oh, breathalyzer barfing into it. They should be no. dead. This is, uh, this is before COVID, apparently. Well, right. no, apparently so. But and then the people who got the highest readings would be like a, a scorecard on top. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be get a Polaroid on the camera on the, on the wall. up on the wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> something to be said. If there's something to be said about being a baseline standard for something, you know. <laughs> yes, exactly. But I think that speaks volumes about the difference between British biker culture and Japanese biker culture. <laughs> um, but no, that's that's a true story. The 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 shame lights and the only remnants of it you get now is if any of you are lucky enough either to own or to see an original Z1. When you look at the dashboard of a Z1, you've got the big Speedo and the big Taco, and then in between it, you've got the, um, the idiot lights, and there's the oil pressure light, and the turn signals, and the high beam, and the neutral. Mm -hmm. And then this mysterious oval hole, which does nothing. It's just a hole. You can stick your finger in it. Emma, and that is for the shame light. Emma, I hate oh. to break it to you. You may not realize, but do you know that you have a shame light? Do I? Yeah, you do. Every time you drink too much gin, your nose glows red. <laughs> oh yes, that's it. I, I call that the I call that the Rudolph effect. <laughs> more like a, it's more like the shameless light. <laughs> the same thing happens with Knock. It's anytime he says anything. <laughs> <laughs> hey um i have uh an announcement to make so i'm doing a thing next week and it's kind of cool hey i want you guys thing i want you guys to check this out if you can on your phone or computer go to this website it's rev with two v's r-e-v-v -V, rev talks.com r-e-v-v-t-a-l-k-s dot com so this is a really cool thing that's happening, especially now with you know oh. we can't, can't it's we can't go to events we can't there's like there's so many things that you can't do for a motorcycle culture and community, um, and so this is something that um, Alyssa Klinger and Brittany Morrow yep have come up with, and it's they're getting people together to do these talks, these presentations, kind of like when you go to an event or a rally, how you'll have people speaking and look at who the first person is. It's Aaron Sills. Nice. Yeah. So, so they're about section says rider education, virtual vault, mm -hmm. uh, which is rev is yep. a platform that aims to educate riders through live webinars, conferences, and extensive video library. Exactly. So the way it's working, you you pay to register. I think it starts at twenty bucks. There's uh, it's twenty bucks to fifty five. You can pay to get um, copies of the video and have access to all the backlog of all the rev talks that they add, stuff like that. So there's different tiers you can do. Um, mm -hmm. And they're doing this next weekend. It's June fifth and sixth. And if you scroll down, there's a lot of really cool stuff. Um, you know what I, what I liked about there's a lot of safety related things. 
you know, the one about being seen, how to, how to lead with like leadership fundamentals of a group ride or something like that. Like really useful, useful stuff, I think. Ah, uh, there you are, Miller. It says it's got a full bio on you. Oh, what? <laughs> what? Uh, now I know why we're looking at it. Uh, yeah. And at the Rev Pros. Also, like Friday, <laughs> Friday at five is uh, Wendy Crockett, uh, the Iron Butt Rally winner. She's going to be talking about riding long distance. A lot of really cool different things. Um uh people sharing their experiences and uh there is one saturday next saturday june 6th at 3 p.m face for radio power sports <laughs> podcaster roundtable <laughs> so it's west from chasing the horizon myself um joanne don uh gear chick from uh, uh yeah um yeah. And Chuck from Wheel Nerds. And then somebody new who I hope we'll be having on our show soon. Uh, his name is Andrew, and he has a podcast called Moteller Cycling. He actually goes mm. to like cool like motels and does reviews on them. Kind of like my friend Michelle's uh, chalet, the motor court in Custer, South Dakota, that Jim and I are going to go to. Uh, uh, especially a lot of them that are like moto friendly, that kind of stuff. So he travels around and sharing these really cool, fun motel experiences. So um, check it out. There's a lot of really cool stuff they're going to be doing. Um, and then they're going to continue doing these. So go to Rev Talks. That's Rev with two V's, RevTalks.com, and check that out. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, to being part of it. It's it's a new idea. It's a new thing, you know? I just looked at all the people on there. There's a lot of super cool people, like a lot of people we know. And, yeah, what a nice fun bunch of people to do motorcycle stuff with i know right so um oh yeah i wanted to share another thing um i'm not gonna say it's an obsession but it's definitely becoming a a, a, a peaking of the interest so you know we're um working on our next film festival it's going to be uh it's called the black hills moto film festival it's going to be in august and this one is going to be online so everyone's going to be able to see it um and we're starting to take submissions and see new movies. And there's been a couple submitted uh, by a group of guys that I'm kind of obsessed with. I shared it with Emma today. Oh, God, it was great. So, it was absolutely fantastic. It's the perfect storm of somebody who is a professional like filmmaker, videographer. You can tell that they probably work for like Discovery Channel or something, right? So they know how to do all the stuff. And then you take a weird hobby and mix the two together and these guys um they collect and ride rocon motorcycles do you guys know what these are oh yeah two-wheel no. drive motorcycles two-wheel well, drive it's like a mini bike with not it's like, like an all, atv yeah not all rocons were two-wheel drive i mean it was just the trail breaker that was two-wheel drive oh but I mean, it wasn't just the fact that it was two-wheel drive that made them nutty. I mean, they had, like, <laughs> fuel carried in the wheel hubs. And, <laughs> yes. Like, weird stuff. Well, and isn't it true that they're made, the wheels hold enough air that it can float so you can cross a river with it without it sinking? Yep. Yeah. Yes. I mean, you'd have to drag it across, not ride it. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, these... Float it across. But they only go like, and they have like super low gears. They probably do like what twenty five miles an hour, like not much, right? Yeah, about that. Um, so 
there were two films submitted. Um, one of them is uh, it's a group of guys who all get together in the Northeast and ride. They had like 50 of these guys tooling around in the snow and the woods on it. It was so cool. Um, then they had another one that was submitted. And this one was about, I'm trying to find uh, the link real quick. It's about a guy who crossed, I think, South America on one. It's called Captain Webb's Epic Adventure. And, uh, yeah, I think this guy, he did, like, some epic trip on it. It's amazing what people can do on these Rokons. Um, oh, he, 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 he crossed the Darien Gap on a oh, Rokon. Wow. Mm. Like, going through, like, jungle with no yeah. roads. That kind of stuff. Man. Um. And I have to admit, I'm a little, I'm like, like I said, peaking my interest about, oh my God, these bikes look so crazy. <laughs> I, I'm curious to know how he got the fuel out of the wheels and into the tank. Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> that is a good question. Yeah. Uh, Emma, how do they do that? I don't know. I mean, it's a, it's a mystery of some description. I guess no, you had to carry, carry a pump. <laughs> well, no, I think <laughs> maybe there's a little like fuel cock on it, and you kind of put a saucepan <laughs> under there. Centrifugal <and> <laughs> spray. And you know, spoon it into the tank. I I would assume that there's some sort of hand crank pump on it or something. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I would expect because these bikes are made to do. Yeah amazing things and to get through terrain that nothing else can get through um <laughs> emma have you ever ridden one of these yes it's absolutely terrifying <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like a two-wheeled tractor i i'm, I'm no I'm and assuming, i mean right? it is it's strangely addictive it reminded <laughs> me a great oh john dalton's got a dog <laughs> yes this is demi hey He's oh, a sweetie pie. Uh, the Demi's not a boy's name. She is. No, I said she. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, she's a sweetie pie. Oh, oh she's a sweetie pie. pie. What a All good right. girl. So easy. So anyway, um, it reminded <laughs> me a great deal of of a TW two hundred, yeah. a T dub. Oh yeah. Because it's kind of. It's got that hesitation in steering. It's got no power. <laughs> lots of noise. Um. Lots but of bounce. Lots of bounce. The one I rode was a, was a one-wheel drive version, but oh. it was strangely addictive. Um, <laughs> interesting, but... Hey, guys. Very, very interesting. I've got an idea. Tell me if it's a good, bad idea or a bad, good idea. What if we get one of these and give it to Owen. <laughs> oh, uh, oh, you know Owen's gonna have to earn it. Maybe, we, maybe this is the perfect <laughs> bike for Owen. He wants a death trap. <laughs> <laughs> and how many CCs are those usually? Um, I think it's got um, it's got a, an old Rotax two-stroke engine in it, so I think the two fifty. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I might be onto something here. 
Uh-huh. Hmm. <laughs> Rokon Trailbreaker. Oh my God. Do they allow those in Hollister? <laughs> I just think Liza wants to buy one and, and wants an excuse. You it, it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, oh, I and, I, you do. and I get to ride it, Owen. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I mean, they, they are quite culty and expensive now. Yeah. Oh, so, okay. um, no, I think we're going to put Owen on something a little bit more conventional. Uh, read cheaper. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, but chariot. If, yeah, but if Mid Ohio happens this year, you might be able to find one there. There's always one or two. Yeah. So we had a couple of the the guys come by the garage on new bikes that they had bought today. Jim, you didn't get to see these. It was pretty cool. Oh yeah. So here's the thing. Um, two guys they bought two old dirt bikes. I think they're all from the same guy. The first one cost. 250 bucks what kind of bike nice. was it was it like an xl 250 i think a honda it, xl no what was it? it was a honda sl that's right sl 125 and it was from 1970 i believe there you Whoa. go and then the second one was a kawasaki mm-hmm. ke 175 a lot younger um from 1980 but still a two stroke. a two-stroke um the interesting thing so the sl he paid 250 dollars for but then had to spend 500 to get it running the other kid spent 500 bucks and it was pretty much running yeah they came by for a muffler right yeah yeah he's trying to get a little bit better i gave him a an old exhaust pipe we had here to put on there that's working um but he came by to see if we had anything else and i had a a dirt bike fender i gave him because he was missing a front fender well well hang on a second these are two-stroke dirt bikes right Mm -hmm. no the hondas are four stroke oh Oh, okay gotcha yeah the hondas are four stroke stroke. and it's not you know the sl wasn't really a dirt bike it had sort of dirt bike pretensions but it was more it wasn't even really a trail. It's got a 21-inch front wheel. Yeah, but it was kind of styled. You know, Honda always had their XL, which was the dirt bike. And then they had the SL, which was kind of like a street scrambler. It was more of a style than an actual effective dirt bike. Oh, really? So it was just, did it swipe out a lot? Did it wreck a lot? Or what was wrong with the design? Because those looked pretty decent. Like the the travel looked pretty good. No, I mean, it was just designed for a specific market. Um, You know, Honda have always made a point of making a bike for everyone. And the SL series, you know, the suspension was a bit more compliant for the street and the styling was a bit more street oriented. Just, you know, a nice, good all round bike. Similar in thinking to, um, you know, an adventure bike makes for a great street bike. Mm -hmm. And Honda's way of thinking was a dirt styled bike makes for a great street bike. And so the XL series were the trail bikes. You know, those were the ones you could really ride off-road. If you rode mostly on the street, an occasional dirt road, the SL series was perfect for you. But just an example of the kind of money that I think, uh, the kind of bike that Owen might be able to find, you know, a couple hundred bucks. Perfect kind of project bike. Bring it to the garage. We'll help you fix it up. But I will tell you, um, 
getting a, something vintage like that, there's no way I would take it on the kind of rides that Jim has been doing lately. Jim, <laughs> you've had some more adventures. Yeah, yeah, some more adventure riding on the adventure bikes. Where I, I where think, have you, you know, been? Uh, I've been a couple of places. Um, yeah, so last week I went up to the Sierra Nevada Mountains, uh, about four and a half, maybe five hours east of Santa Cruz. And uh, it was really a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, so went up there. It's near, if you know anyone knows where Bear Valley is, it was uh, a ways past Bear Valley. And it was funny, I was, uh, me and a friend were going to a place where Mike and I went uh, last year, whenever that was in the fall, a place called uh, Utica Reservoir. And it was just beautiful. So I was going to go up there. My friend doesn't ride, but I brought the bike anyway. And um, we got up there and it was closed. We're like, oh shit. And because this is pretty far up there. And I knew all the developed sites were, were closed, all the developed camping was. Um, but I didn't think these kind of just these forest roads that you could go down and, and camp and be closed. So they had full-on barriers and everything. So we're like, shit, so we keep going. And we had, a little, we had some light left, but we kept going, going. And uh, next, you know, we're up about, you know, well over 7,000 feet. And uh, we're like, shit, there's like nothing. It's just these curvy mountain roads and trees. Absolutely beautiful, though. And then we, at one point we saw um, a little turn off into the woods and we kind of eyeballed it real quick. We're like, fuck, let's go for it. Pulled in. And uh, basically it was a little turnaround uh, just in the forest and people had camped there before, which was cool. Right. You don't want to go somewhere. People hadn't already camped and it was, it just turned out to be beautiful. So it, it just goes to show like when your plans don't work out, sometimes that's when the best adventures happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I know motorcycling certainly prepares you for that because things almost never work out as planned, but it was one of those adventures. So where we ended up camping was, uh, uh, right next to this big old river that was raging and we kind of timed it right. You know, it was the end of the, you know, you know, the snow was still melting. Um, so it wasn't super hot, wasn't super cold. And on the other side, we scrambled up above the campsite and, uh, we had a view probably 800 to a thousand feet down to the valley floor. And you can see down this valley towards Evis Pass, you know, I don't know, probably 20 miles. Just absolutely stunning. Um, so, yeah, if anyone has, ever has a chance to get up anywhere in the mountains in California. It's so great. how was the riding? It was it was a hoot. It was, um, I didn't really know, you know, I, I know we'd done the fire roads up there before, so I was expecting that. But the variety of terrain, was, of terrain and riding was crazy because um, we were so high up, there was still a bunch of snow which is the trip when you're thinking it's almost June. And there were some drifts that were three, three, four feet tall, like no kidding. Um, but it was a lot of fun because it was everything from, you know, a dirt road to a muddy road to a bog, like these high alpine lakes and boggy areas. And you're like, oh, shit, you don't know what's going to happen, <laughs> right? How deep you're going to sink. Um, to sand. To I had one stretch where, no kidding, like in 100 yards, and I basically through all of it, you just pin it and keep your eyes up. That's pretty much dirt biking to me anyway. And, um, but it was, it was dirt to mud out of the mud through a bog across snow, then through pine cone, like, like 50 feet of just straight up pine cones. It was <laughs> crazy. I don't know, then sand and then back out onto the road. I'm like, this was wild. Um, but I mentioned Eliza earlier with, it was kind of one of the things I always really wanted to do when I really, when I got into motor motorcycling was go somewhere where you can just go off the side of the road and have these beautiful epic adventures. And uh, that part of the Sierra, and I know a lot of parts of Sierra's uh, allow for that. So you would just find some fire roads, bip off, but instead of a fire road, it would turn into like this big Alpine meadow and then single track. 
um, you know, I was riding through dense stands of, of forest, like of these, I don't know if they're pine or whatever they are, um, where there's nothing but pine cones below you, but you're going like first gear, super slow, weaving through the trees. You yeah. know what, you know what bike would have been perfect for that? What bike? Rokon. <laughs> the Rokon would have been awesome. <laughs> I tell you, riding on pine cones is the weirdest thing in the world, but it was fun. And uh, I should, and I should imagine it's quite crunchy. It's very crunchy. Yeah, extremely <laughs> crunchy. Um, it was a trip. So yeah, it was also been. So you go back into these little alpine valleys and in the hollow, but I would never go too far because next thing you know, it's like I don't want to roll up on some fucking bear or whatever. And don't tell mm-hmm. me it can't happen. That shit happens. Oh yeah, nature's and, out there. Um, yeah, and also I did have a friend with me that didn't ride. And I didn't want to get, you know, have something happen back in the woods, like whatever, have a mechanical issue and be back, you know, three hours later than I was supposed to be. You know, when you're by yourself, it's not such a big deal. Wait, were you two up? No, 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 no. My friend was back. She doesn't ride. She was back at the campsite. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So I just bounced. Yeah, I just bounced by myself. And, uh, and it was a huge, it was super beautiful. Yeah. But I mean, this is the best thing about California. I mean, the Sierras are two or three hours away from us. And it is the wilderness. It is absolutely the wilderness. And you don't have to go back that many generations. And you you do a Google search on the Donner Party, and it's like, oh, my God. And it wasn't that long ago. And all this is basically your back garden. It's wonderful. I think Buster Hyman has a question. Buster Hyman? So, and I just wanted to add, because in general, it's not a good idea to go off exploring by yourself because anything can happen. So I did want to say that Jim had his Indeed, his tracker, and he was sending me kind of little reports to know where he was and that he was fine. Yeah, 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 it worked really well. So I got uh, last, for Christmas, I gave myself helicopter insurance and a Garmin InReach Mini. That's what it was, InReach, yeah. Yeah, I I keep getting pleasantly surprised by it. I I was expecting to be disappointed because a couple of things I got from Garmin just sucked. Um, And, but this is, you know, basically it's, I called it my, I'm screwed button, right? It's a little orange thing that has your GPS. You can push a button and it'll send help. But it has all these other neat features. the one that Liza was mentioning are texting features. So I can set preset texts. And this kind of curious text, because I think I can do 12 preset texts. Like, what should they be? But in general, it's like, hey, I'm leaving now, or I'll, I'll be home, or I'm late. Or so, it's like, I could be, um, you know, I broke my leg, or I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. I guess something so like, couple- like this. It's a, it's a map with a pin, and it says, all good. Nice. Huh. So if I so I with about three clicks, I can send her a, a text message, and it goes off the um, what is it the Iridium satellite network. So th- those are like sixty six low orbit satellites that are just zipping around, right? Um, so that's how it communicates. So you do need kind of some you need to be able to see a little bit of sky, and it takes a little while, right? So to send a text, it can take five minutes, but it does send. And what Liza's talking about, when, with a couple of clicks, I can send her a preset text. It sends my GPS coordinates, and also it sends you a Google map um, with whichever view of my location. And in my house, it's accurate to 15 feet. Yes, I know this because you sent me one pinned to your house and with a message pooping. <laughs> but that's like, like a 15 foot radius of pooping. You know exactly nowhere. It's like when the dog walks around area. in a circle. 
you just be extremely thankful, Liza, your phone is not equipped with smell o vision. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Indeed? Yeah. Is that right? Uh, it's, okay. No, it's the Garmin InReach. Garmin InReach. Mini. Yeah, InReach. Okay. What you got, um, Nock? But yes. Oh. Yeah. Good. Yeah, no, I just uh, I just wanted to add too. The Sierras up there. I mean, if you're not going off road, the roads themselves up there are amazing um, because they they get closed for you know for bad weather, and uh, and so these roads are kind of like racetracks almost. They're just perfect. You know, there's hardly any heavy traffic that goes through them, and you're just riding around a really beautiful nature. You know. Yeah, dudes. Guess what? Like, yeah, we can brag about how great all these like roads are up in the Sierras and all this stuff. Ooh, we got. I feel a segue coming. But I'm sorry, go ahead. Jim has been discovering what awaits us in South Dakota when we're going to the Black Hills. Jim, tell them about what you've been finding there for off-road riding. Yeah, I kind of, mm. I kind of blew my mind yesterday. Um, so we're last night. I got back from uh, wherever I was riding, and um, I'm looking at the the South Dakota stuff. Cause a lot of stuff I'm doing now is to prepare for South Dakota. Cause I think if we think it's remote here, it's pretty, I think it's pretty fucking remote South Dakota. Oh yeah. As an, ex- as an example, when I looked at the black Hills area, national forest, I think it is. And, and they have OHV areas. They, I think they said they have 3,600 miles of OHV. Oh shit. Hey, yeah. Miles. Square miles. <laughs> I was like, holy moly. So I was jazzed. So, so a lot of this stuff, like today I was on a ride again out in the woods and I was texting Liza again just to practice using like the inReach and that kind of stuff. Oh, before I get uh, forget, the other really cool thing that I learned about the inReach mini this weekend is we were there on Friday and we had glanced at the weather the day before, like, oh, it might rain Saturday, blah, whatever. And it was beautiful Thursday and Friday. We were having a blast. But I tell you, Almost every time I go up in the Sierras, it's either it's in the shoulders. It's either spring or fall. Literally, almost every time I get almost get screwed by the precipitation, either snow or rain or whatever. When you're totally not expecting it, so uh, we get up Saturday morning expecting like another awesome day. I'm gonna go riding, swim in the river, whatever. Um, but the weather changed, and you know if you're in the Sierras, all of a sudden it's overcast. The weather got cool. We're like, oh shit. But we were so far, there was like no chance of cell service at all. There was no town anywhere nearby. And we're like, shit, we're not going to get stuck up in here because we, we, we've all kind of done that. Um, so I'm like, I think the, the inReach has a weather function. So it does. I click on it. It also syncs with my phone. So I'm looking at my phone, Bluetooth, and I'm trying to get a satellite of the weather thing. And it goes like for 5, 10, 15 minutes and just nothing. I'm like, fuck, it didn't work. And then 20 minutes later, pow, I got a weather report. It was accurate every three hours. So that was worth its weight in gold. So otherwise, we probably would have packed up and left. Um, but just knowing that you have satellite access to real-time weather, that was a really cool feature, too. So I want to mention that. But South Dakota is going to be awesome. I just don't really – yeah, I don't know what to expect. Not, not to do too much product endorsement, man, but you were saying – I think Liza and I were in the car. So you could just do like a month uh, uh, subscription and then yeah. cut it off, right? It's yeah. A month, it's, it's month to month. They have different plans. So you go month to month, maybe that's 20 bucks or something. I don't know. But yeah, you can pause it. That if you don't, I just let it roll because I know one time I'll forget. And for 20 bucks a month, you know, if I, if I, because literally when I was in Santa Lucia, a guy went off the edge because everywhere we ride up here, 
It's either a yeah. cliff. It's a cliff on one right. side. <laughs> a fucking plummet on the other. Or trees or both. And this guy went off the edge, broke his hip and collarbone. If you're by yourself and you're 30 feet down with a broken hip, you know you're kind of hosed. But yeah. uh, I don't know. You've been yeah. out there, Liza. What's Custer like? What is, what's the Black Hills like? It's like there's buffalo and mountains and shit like that. They said if you encounter <laughs> buffalo, don't turn off your motorcycle. um yeah i'm looking forward to it but yeah sounds like we're finding out that there's a lot of a good riding to do there and i'm getting more stoked you know the other thing i just while we're throwing out technology um, because i'm exploring this is there's another app it's free called a gia gia gaia um and it's a navigational app and it's free and this other this a podcast listener who came by turned us on to it and it works great again it bounces off satellites it's kind of mixed in the field i've noticed but you can save the maps before you go, and they have extremely accurate maps, like different layers, Forest Service maps, um, National Geographic maps, which are dope. Like, you know those maps you would fold out of the magazine? You can hmm. save them on your phone. Like, when I was up at Ebbets Pass, the Pacific Coast Trail was there, and it gave all the details of the trails, the fire roads. So that's another wow. free app, D-A-I-A. That's great for navigation. And I want to be Pretty clear, cool. the, these things we're talking about, like the inReach, are not for like dirt, just for dirt biking or adventure riding. This is for anyone, because we've heard stories of people on street bikes who are riding up in the mountains and go over uh, the edge. You know, anytime you are out somewhere where there's no cell service and you, you may, you know, need help, it's worth getting. So that's for anybody. So, yeah, thank you for that report. Um, I've got some emails to get to. And this one is kind of cool because John Hillenbrand, he sent us his own cool tool. And this is something that I don't have. And I agree. There is. So he says, uh, hey, Liza, this is another cool tool of mine, which I think is called a vice grip chain grip it will oh, securely what that is. it will securely yeah, grab nice. objects of any shape that you can wrap the chain around then you All can right. weld things together twist them apart whatever the job requires it basically looks like uh let's see if you can see yeah yeah i know what those look vice, like. vice grips but with a chain uh, where yeah. the jaws would be that is adjustable nice uh, that is a cool tool. I agree. Now I have. Seems to like it'd be one. good to have two of them. Like if you're doing pipes and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, like grab, wrench, yeah. Right? anything that's a uh, n- you know not squared off or anything. So yeah, thank you, John. Cool. That is a cool tool. Um. All right. So here's another one. And okay, I uh, just want to give a shout out. This is from uh, Phil Loney, and uh, hey, he, Phil. He's been listening for a few years now. And he was trying to help me find a KZ400. Um, is, this, is this Phil Lonely? Lone, lonely. Oh, is, I is that lonely. lonely? Is that is that lonely. Bill Loney? Is that Bill Loney's brother? <laughs> oh, no. Um, That's a good one. I like that. Sorry. So, Good resist. Well so done. he's a uh, he's on the road with his wife and their fifth wheel toy hauler. Oh, he's not hmm. lonely at all then. No. <laughs> so he used to have a shop in St. Petersburg, Florida, um, and he just loaded everything up into this fifth wheeler with his TW, his TW two hundred. It's a fun nice. toy you can take out everywhere and explore. Um, oh, TWs are great. His business is, I think it's is it. Bagel, you're German. D A C H. Doc. Doc. 
Doc. Doc's Speed Shop and Custom Cycles. So mm. he does work on bikes when he can, uh, but he also scours the internet for motorcycles and parts to buy. He mostly deals in older bikes, like 85 and older. He's had a lot of CB750 SOHCs and anything from the 70s. He said, go ahead and check out um, DocSpeedShop.com. Um, and so he's he was helping me hunt for a KZ. So I wanted to say thank you, uh, Phil. I did get one but I appreciate the help but I definitely want to check out Doc's Speed Shop D-A-C-H oh like Dachshund yeah ah, exactly right and Dachshund literally means a roof dog oh cool yeah <laughs> and he's is like Der, Der Wiener Schnitzel is that like a, a wiener dog no that just means a, a Viennese cut oh of- but nice. um, he hopes he's going to be, let's see, if he's going to be coming out here, I think, uh, later this summer. He hopes to swing by the garage and hopefully go play in the dirt with our bikes. Cool. Nice. Oh, Emma. I just got your Viennese joke. Yes, darling. Sorry. Did you, ju- you just sneezed. It scared me. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> you know what happened? Um, a wet a bit of pee come out. <laughs> a wee pee. Yeah, a wet a bit of pee come out. Okay. I got one more email and I saved the best one for last because this is somebody that needs help. So let's see if uh, the oh, you came to the you came to help. the wrong place. <laughs> and this one is from Michael Leonard. He says, "Dear Misfits, Michael, uh, I'm writing hello, to Michael. you from Greenville, South Carolina. Um, uh, he was daily riding his 1980 CX500C uh, when he used to live in Massachusetts. It's the first." It's his first bike, and he was learning the basics of mechanics and riding on her. But I think he thinks he may have screwed the pooch when he moved down to to South Carolina. He okay, says, yeah. when going for a ride after moving, I noticed a tick. But since everything was running smoothly otherwise, I kept going and even rode it mm-hmm. a few more times trying to figure out what was wrong. I eventually narrowed it down to the top of my right cylinder after right. some googling i sorted out i needed a valve adjustment and open up the rocker cover to find my valve adjustment screw had completely vanished oh, the lock nut was floating free in the tray along with another <sighs> valve adjustment screw and lock nut since i've adjusted the valves before i know it used to be there and i think it went down what i assume is the oil return passage Yes. So now he's screw hunting. Step one was was shoving Emma's magnet on a stick down yon hole. Nothing came up. Next, he drained the oil to try and root around the oil pan with a magnet. He then noticed that he's got metal shavings in the oil. It's not running on glitter, but still any metal in the oil is generally a bad sign. He says, where do I go from here? I'm not scared of digging in, but I'd like to have something of a plan beforehand. My current guess is to check the oil pump, but that's pulling the radiator and clutch, and I don't have room for that since I'm still in the middle of moving and don't have my own place yet. So mm-hmm. what advice do we have for Michael? And this, again, is Emma's <coughs> favorite bike, the Honda Maggot. Plastic Maggot. <laughs> Plastic Maggot. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, they're not bad. They're not bad. Um, there's two ways I'd go about this, actually. Yeah. What he didn't specify is how long he's been riding it with 
With the ticking noise? Yes. Mm. Yes. This might sound like an odd, odd thing, but there's, there's a ton of these engines out there. Uh-oh. This doesn't sound good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I've got to be honest with you. I'm tempted. If that thing was going to wreak havoc, it would have wreaked havoc already. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of tempted to put a lock, nut, and screw in it, change the oil. Call it good. And then <laughs> get riding. Because, well, no, th- let me tell you something about those CX-500s. It's got a big crankcase. Now, I wouldn't recommend this on every bike, but it's got a very, very big crankcase. And what that means is that thing fell to the very, very bottom. And there's very little down there for it to encroach. Mm. The CX is actually quite a short-stroke engine, so it hasn't got a massive crank in it. Um, All the gears are pretty high because they're on the level of the shaft drive and they sit next to one another. I really am kind of tempted just to put new screws and, and lock nuts in it and make sure you make sure you tighten them up this time, Michael. Um, <laughs> uh, you might want to get the OEM ones too because I'd imagine they're probably hardened a certain way. They're yes, not just exactly. Yeah. Buy, the, yeah. buy the OEM ones. Yeah. And um, get riding. And uh, maybe like a magnetic drain plug. Maybe you might get lucky and it'll slosh its way onto the uh, plug. Right. Or, happened to my XR2 where I dropped the uh, locating dowel. And I just yeah. said, uh, fuck it, you know, and uh, bought a new dowel. And like a month later, I found the old dowel attached to the uh, <laughs> drain plug. Yeah, that's, that's my idea. Or, or if you can't get a magnetic drain plug, I was going to suggest if you epoxy a rare earth magnet onto the very bottom of the motor that will at least hold the parts the parts there so they don't move around right and because the last thing you want is those to get like like get jostled out of place and then fall in between a, a pair of gears because i i've had that happen before and it's broken it'll break the gears it'll shatter them so yeah. so that's you know a band-aid that might help and so emma you brought up um uh, engines are available because it, why not just see what happens? Because worst case scenario, if it grenades the engine, just get another engine? Just get another engine and rebuild it on the bench. As far as I can tell, he's got absolutely nothing to lose. You know? Yeah. Um, I think really in this case, if it had suddenly happened and he pulled a clutch and put it over by the side of the road, I'd say you need to pull the engine down. But from what his description... He's already been riding it around. Yeah. And he might have done a good few miles on it. Um, I don't know. He might have toasted the valve because that valve's been whacked quite a bit. That's what I was going to ask. Is there any chance that it got out uh, enough that it could hit the top of the piston? Does he need to check? No, it'll do the other way. I mean, I think if it was going to break the valve, it would have done so already. It's a very interesting engine, the CX-500. It's got push rods and a cam chain Hmm. um, Hmm. and rockers. So, you know, there's a bit of everything in there. And a drive shaft. Uh, Yeah. Um, And they're quite durable engines when you look after them. Yeah. if, we, if you remember, do you remember that silver wing coming down Misfits that sounded like a complete dog's dinner? <laughs> yeah. And we did, we did the valve clearances, and it sounded sweet as a nut. Um, 
You know, it's a, it's odd advice, but you know, he's moving house. He hasn't really got much to work on. Um, I'll tell you another thing for you to try, Michael, is take the drain bolt out, which of course on a CX is on the front of the engine, and get your magnets on a stick and stick it in stick it in the drain bolt, and have a fish around in there. Um, that might be worth a try. Would you say it would be a not bad idea to run, a, you know, a couple quarts of oil in there and then flush it oh, another yeah. time to make sure that all the crap gets out? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, there's always the chance when you drain the oil that the, the remains of that tappet screw are going to come out. Um, so, the, really, as, as bizarre as it sounds, that's going to be my best advice. How about uh, if you go to the oil fill, oil. oil fill, and you just uh, put a pressure washer in there? Open up the <laughs> the oil drain and the totally. oil fill. Stick a pressure washer on there. Just blast that out. Wow! <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm not sure the bearings would appreciate that. Ah, yeah. wow! Well. Oh, you those bearings always get in the way. <laughs> <laughs> have you tried Flex Seal? Oh. That'd be one. What you could do is you could actually drill a big hole in the bottom of the engine. So there you, you go. Your finger up in there. Hey, um, then, sorry, then, you know, no slime, slime too. Yeah, and then glue, glue, glue a glue a bit of plastic on the bottom. And now, award-winning Mike has joined us just at the very end of the show. Mike, we just finished hey. the emails. I was about to wrap up, but instead, I'm going to ask a trivia question that I'm telling you in advance is a trick question. I want to see who can answer this question correctly. And remember, this is a trick question, so think outside of the box. Um, let's use her example that SL125, uh, was it, that was here? Yeah, yeah. How many cylinders is that? That's a single cylinder, right, Emma? I'm sorry, what was that? That SL125 is a single cylinder yes. bike? Okay, here's a, yeah, here's a question for all of you. Um, how many on this, on, on the entire SL500 bike, how many pistons are there? <laughs> Bagel, he may know the answer because he, uh, we learned, we learned the answer earlier today. Emma. Do you know what I'm referring I to? I didn't catch that. Oh, you didn't catch the trick. No. Bagel and John and Emma should know. Yes, Knock. How many pistons are on the SL125? So we're talking about the engine piston and brake piston, too? Oh, Yeah, the front and Keep the rear. Going. Are they? Are they? Is, that dr is that drum? Drum front and rear. Yeah, that's drum a drum bike. Okay. So, so engine piston. <laughs> How many uh, how many pistons are on that bike? I'm gonna guess six. Okay. Uh, you just say numbers. You don't know. <laughs> Knock. You have a guess. Yes. Um, it, if it's an older bike, I say just that one piston. Okay. I'm gonna say. I'm guessing five. John, do you have a guess? <laughs> Um, I'm thinking outside of the box, so I'm thinking tons of piss, which I don't think there's any of that. Way out. Um, That's too far outside uh, the box. Yeah, sorry. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, we'll we'll go with, uh, okay. So you got one, two, three, five. Jim, you have a guess? I'm just going to say three. Okay. 
Emma, I think you know what I'm referring to. How actually the correct answer yes. is bagel. However, oh, okay. I'm not going to give it because he's got to name them. All oh, right. all right, bagel, go for it. There is one piston in the engine. Okay. Yes. There is one piston in the master cylinder. No, it's drum brakes. No. Yeah, drum oh, brakes. Drum brakes. That's right. Okay. All right. Then oh, there's suspension, right? There is one piston in two for the suspension. There, there's there's two there's two pistons in the front shocks. Yes. Yeah. There's two pistons in the rear shocks. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then number six. Yeah, I'm I'm stymied on this one. Okay, I'll t- I'll put you out of your misery. Wait a minute, hold on. Hmm, I'm thinking. No, no. Okay, all right. Got to be something in the engine. All right, Emma, where's the sixth piston? It's actually in the oil pump. Uh, I was thinking very, that. There very we go. early Wonders didn't have a trochoidal oil pump. They actually had a piston on an eccentric, which you, mm-hmm. just like a locomotive. You've got to think of an old steam locomotive with an eccentric pushing a piston in and out. And that that's wild. How worked on these early Hondas. And the wow. SL, very early version of the 125 has got it. They went to a trochoidal oil pump in the later ones, but in the early ones, they actually had a piston, so that's number six. But here they are. Piston in the cylinder, piston in the oil pump, one piston in the left fork, one piston in the right fork, one piston in the left shot. And a piston in the airbox. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't help. I couldn't resist it. Sorry. I will give you $300 for it. Problem. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Hey, yeah, 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 yeah. The answer seven. It, and Emma piston in, the, piston in the air box. No, you don't, get to laugh. you don't get to laugh at this joke, Michael. <laughs> you know, you really are on thin ice with the misfits now. I don't oh, care. come now. What happened? Thin ice, mate. Thin I ice. give you the good room. I give you the good room in Portland. You owe me. I know you. <laughs> I know you didn't. Thank you. Well, I just shared it with you as well. So, no, I forgive you, darling. How did the contract signing go? It's great. I got the price I wanted. Well, right on. Nice. Congratulations. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Nice, dude. He's got a new house. Yeah. He's getting it fixed up. We're going to go ride our mini bikes in his yard and Christian it. We're happy. Yes. Yeah. I'm going to need some, uh, some help with figuring out how to set up the garage. It's huge. Wow. It's like the entire side of the house. Oh, you won't so, have a problem. Crap. Just that won't take long, card, trust Andy. me. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty organized though. I'm meticulous. So I'm gonna I'm gonna at least I can put every one of my bikes lined up and then put spotlights on them and, and it'll be a real garage mahal. Like I'll come in and I'll, like I'm gonna make any entrance to the garage. So when you come in I'll accidentally flip the spotlights on the bikes as you walk. Like in the frozen section at the grocery store. See what you do is you set up <laughs> perfect set up the motion detectors, Mike. So as you walk, the lights turn on themselves. The closer you get to the bike. Boom, boom, oh, that's boom. And then and then do the bikes it. are on rotating pedestals that revolve around as you walk by. <laughs> oh, I'm in. 
nice. I'm fucking all in. Um, yeah, you need to have a tributes of bikes past, you know, with like a little a little pumpkin, dude, you know, wait. memorial dude, area. Mural. You need a mural, and you're the man. Yeah, I totally do that. Yes. I can totally do that. Yeah. Oh, that would be sick. Of like board oh, trackers on a on a track mid turn or something like that. That would with be like so cool. dust and stuff like that. I could yes. do like a all types of bike in a collage of the yes. painting on the wall. Uh, and it'll be the like the Misfits logo in the middle, you know? Yeah. The Remichael Garage. I'll tell you, if we do the Christmas party at our house, dude, there's so much parking. And then you could pull bikes in into my front yard. It's all patioed. And, and we'll have a Christmas tree. And, and even if we're social distancing, it's big. You get it good. Well, congratulations on that. Nice. Um, and and before we're about to wrap up, but before we do, since it worked so well last week, my crowdsourcing to find a bike, I'm just going to throw out there. I'm interested. I'm not ready to buy, but interested. I have a crazy idea, and I'm I'm possibly. Uh, oh, hey Freya, I'm possibly looking to buy. A 70s or 80s, like a Conaline van. <laughs> I'm looking for something. Hey, Frey. All right. I'm looking for something with lots of windows, captain chairs, carpeting on the ceiling, hopefully bubble windows, and a couch that folds out into a bed and a trailer hitch. And this is going to be my hauling dirt bikes, camping, picking people up at the airport, Home Depot run, all the things. My extra vehicle i think it'd be cool to have uh one of those kind of vans what do you did, guys Liza, did, did you get inspired by the yamaha hauler <laughs> yes <laughs> totally um so yeah i'm i don't know i that's my latest crazy idea summer project is a van Mm. I know. I that know. sounds good. I'll paint that too. Oh, Seventies yeah. Dodge. Seventies like Dodge. Unicorn. Mike, you're screaming. Like a- you're screaming. Child is a bit much. Just so you know. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think we're ready to wrap. This is the part where I get to say thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. Thank you to all the people emailing in. I hope everyone had fun with the Evil Knievel trivia. Um, I'm going to have to get some more stuff to give away. It's been fun giving stuff away, hasn't it? Um, also, uh, I still have a few of the the T-shirts. So if you want to be a Patreon supporter for $5 a month, um, you get a free T-shirt sent to you. Um, I have large, extra large, and one double XL. So come on, big boy. You know you want it. I got one <laughs> left. Uh, but these are the new shirts that I designed. They look really cool. Um, yeah, just not many left. So go to um, Patreon and search for Motorcycles and Misfits. You'll find it there. I don't think I've put the link on our website yet. I got to do that. Um, but yeah, thanks to everyone, especially thanks to John and Bagel for helping us out uh, this morning with the shoot. I got to get some editing yeah. done. And uh, Knock, what you got? Oh, yeah. I just I don't want to get political, but I just want to say if you're in any cities where all the craziness is going down, um, if you are going to do the protests or whatever, stay safe, guys. Stay safe. I know there are more important things at times other than motorcycles, but um, be careful. Stay safe and watch yourselves. OK, so chill. Yep. Good point. We actually had a protest here today downtown. Yeah. Um, oh, joy. I live next door to the police station. So we yeah. had two days in a row 
of uh, the protesters coming here, but it is Santa Cruz. So it's just a lot of people making noise and waving banners, but nothing dangerous or anything, but a lot yeah, of people. And it was, it was, it was, yeah, it was very, very peaceful. Um, a lot of people came out. Yeah. They did a moment of yeah. silence and then it was gone. It wasn't, I was like, Oh shit. Do I have to like guard the garage or what? <laughs> you know, but it was, it was mellow. Yeah. The, well, the mayor of Santa Cruz came out and, and in solidarity with the protest. Yeah, I definitely. I looked out on the crowd. There was like four or five hundred people. It was a lot, and I thought, oh, now's the time to go to Whole Foods because nobody's there. <laughs> oh, God, dude, did you, did you know our mayor has a a, a dreadlock mohawk? <laughs> That's did you know that? Awesome. No. no, but I dude. did. I did see that our chief of police was at the protest last night on his knee with everyone else. Yeah, you probably didn't recognize the mayor right next to him. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So big thanks to everyone. I think we're ready to wrap. We've got another session down. Um, what do you guys think? Do you like these these Zoom episodes? Um, if you didn't know, they are going up on our YouTube channel, Recycle. What's it? Uh, Mike, is Recycle Santa Cruz? Yes. Yeah, well, you're you putting these up. Motorcycles and Misfits, Recycle Santa Cruz podcast. Or yeah, um, just don't be jelly because we're so good looking. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have an idea. Can we check in on our friend in Detroit, the doctor, and see how she's yeah. going? Yeah, she's, she's been uh, working. Um, uh, she bet. works in Arizona. She's she's heading back home. She's doing oh, wow. good. She's uh, She's... She's got a strong voice, and she puts it out there and tells people um, what she thinks. So she's okay. She doesn't need my help for anything. <laughs> no, <laughs> maybe she wanted to come and update everybody. <laughs> yeah. All right, so I think we're ready to get out of here. Uh, hopefully, Mike, you can join us for more than three minutes next time. Oh, come yeah, on. man, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 come on. No, there is Mr. Be. Big Time. Yeah, exactly. Mr. Big Homeowner. I'm kind of present at Garage Mahal so we have a proper Christmas party. Hey, I'm the only one working towards a Christmas party here. What are you guys doing? Hey, Mike, (laughs) let me save you here. At least you showed up for the end, unlike our friend Mr. Berrigan, who has been sent the link to join us and doesn't show up. Just throwing that one out. How many times have you thrown that invite out? Twice. Yoni. Um, badminton Liza (laughs) Mr. Young Badminton um, I think we're getting close to moving this back into the studio next week what do you think well that's a good question Um, I was asking everyone else um, as long as it's permitted I was curious when you guys feel that it's okay that it's responsible and safe and it's when people are comfortable with it right. are any of you wanting to come I, back into studio yet or should we keep doing it this way for a while? well i think uh, maybe a good idea would be to treat it just like everyone else treats it and you know just do a minimum uh, amount of people and enough distance create ventilation and then the rest of the people can join in on this but i think that also too you have a lot of people enjoy the video version of what's well, happening just, here too. Just for oh. the guidelines, the guidelines are, are one person per, for every 300 square feet. Okay. Yeah, and that's one person in the podcast room. <laughs> yeah, so we're not going to do it just yet, but I will say um, John and I did eat in a restaurant yesterday without masks. It was weird. It was creepy. Yeah, it was weird. It was, yeah, I didn't it, like and it. And it was not a protest. It was we were invited in when we were picking up our to-go food and told that 
they are now allowing in store in 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 restaurant dining we're like okay and we were sitting right next to the front doors that were wide open i'm like yeah. okay this is good because even though we were in the car together i was running with the windows open in the car the whole yeah, time. yeah we both we had, had masks, masks on, on the whole time um yeah. but then when people were walking into the restaurant i'm like mm-hmm. i feel creepy like i think it was yeah. even the owner didn't have a mask on but they were placing everyone on opposite ends of the restaurant so everyone was as far apart as they could be in the restaurant um yeah, it was just it was just it was it was it was awkward. weird though i mean even even liza and i were close but we'd have to cover our you know i kept my cover our mouths yeah like trying to mouth. eat and yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So I, I guess I, maybe I'm not ready to go back to that just yet, you know? Yeah. And, and honestly, this this is the very beginning of the second wave. So I, I think it's really best to wait a few more weeks and let's see what happens and, and take it from there. There you go. I think we're gonna, just going to keep on zooming. So I think we're ready to get out of here. I got some editing to do. I got videos to do. I got so much to do. Um, but again... Thank you, everyone, especially to the Misfits for showing up and uh, making this happen. So um, let's get out of here. This is Eliza. Emma, darling. This is Doc. Oh, sorry. This is Doc. Stay safe, guys. This is Dalton. Good luck. Luck not. Luck knock. Sorry, I messed it up. But good luck knock. (laughs) (laughs) This is Mike cruising hard. Naked Jim, son. And we're out of here. Cool. 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 Cool.